got the kids. Let's get out of the house. We ain't eating no horse. What do you mean you're eating horse? Anybody in here feel like eating horse? No, why? Why? Because, because horses are pretty, and we ride them, and they're just amazing animals. You're not going to eat horse, but did you know that people eat horse all over the world, and it is a delicacy for people to eat horse all over the world? In Italy, they eat horse, and they love it. China, Japan, in other places in Europe, Scotland, they eat horse all the time. I'm sorry if that's ruining my little pony or something like that. They, they just do. But your, your assumption is we don't eat horse. You've always had the assumption Nobody's going to eat horse. Matter of fact, they've tried to put horse on some of the restaurant menus in America, and as you can imagine, it didn't go over very well. But because you've grown up in this culture, you think to yourself, I'm not going to eat horse. Um, what if I told you that for an appetizer, we're going to have some fried cat? I'm sorry for those that have pets that are cats. I'm really sorry. I'm just, but do you know that many other, many, many countries, I'm not talking about third world countries where they got nothing to eat and that's where they settle for it. I'm talking about many countries eat cat. Now, I don't know about all that. I'm like you. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm glad I live in America, all right? Many countries do this. You have this assumption that that's a bad thing to do. But why is it, now as you, you, we could ask this question, well, who's the weird one? You're going to say they're the weird one, but they're going to look at you and say you're the weird one. Because you don't eat it because it's good. All right? This is what I'm talking about. We, we make assumptions all the times about things that affect the way that we think about things in general in life, we don't even recognize the fact that it, it, it affects us in a, in, a, in a major way. These are cultural assumptions that we make. And so I want to I talk about these particular assumptions, right, um, about these, these assumptions that we make in our life. All right, these assumptions, one of the things about assumptions that is assumptions uh, and there's two things. Assumptions affect your decisions. When you make assumptions about something, it affects the decisions that you make. And that's kind of why I was bringing out the whole issue of horses and cats and what you, I mean, look, man, there's other countries that eat monkey brains. Now, that's crazy. Nobody's going to eat a monkey brain. Okay, that's crazy. You know, that, that may be the really, really bad places out in the African Congo or something like that. But, you know, it, you, you make assumptions. We all make assumptions. We all have assumptions that we make in life. And these assumptions affect the decisions that we make. And not only do they affect the decisions that we make, most of the time our assumptions are invisible to ourselves. When I make an assumption, that assumption that I make most of the time is invisible to me. Your assumptions are invisible to you, but are completely visible to the people that are around you or the people that don't have the same assumption that you make. And so when we're talking about assumptions today, I want us to talk about an assumption that we make, not only in our life, but an assumption um, 
in our marriage, in our, in our relationships. Here's an assumption that we make. My relationship should make me happy. <clears throat> My relationship should make me happy. Isn't that an assumption that we naturally make about our relationships? My relationship should make me happy. All right? But that is an assumption. It's an assumption. And we live in a culture today that tells us this all the time. That the relationships that you're in make you happy. All right? How do I know this? All right? Well... All right, let's just take Disney for a second, all right? Let's take Disney. And at the end of every incredible Disney story, okay, it ends with this phrase, and they lived happily ever after. Oh. Every time. Every time. Sure. Sure. You know what? It starts off great, and then there's conflict, and then it ends great, and it always ends with, and they lived happily ever after. And so we live in this world, and in every credible love story that we ever read or ever see in, in this particular area, and we just melt at these things, every single one of them gives us this perspective or this idea that we're supposed to grow up and get married and live happily ever after. And so therefore, we make the assumption that my relationships should make me happy. My relationships should make you happy. You know, um, I remember when, um, even though it was a while ago, I was single and, uh, you know, looking for somebody that you're, going to spend the rest of your life with, and you know, you're having all these thoughts and things that are going, and you're just, you're, you're constantly, and what happens is that as you get older, it's like um, everybody's looking for the person that they're going to spend the rest of their life with, and you know, there's all this stuff's going on, and this, the drama back and forth, and you're constantly trying to figure out, you know, life and, and the, the future that you're going to have. And then, you know, all of a sudden people that are friends of yours, they start getting married and they were like really, really, really close friends. And then once they get married, you're like, where did they go? I have no idea. But you, and so marriage was kind of like this thing that's out here like, you know, that your, your friends just kind of walked off into and then like just disappeared. And you just thought that's the, the great goal. You're just gonna, you're gonna get there. I, it's like, kind of like, I don't know, have you ever seen the movie The Giver, uh, right? You ever seen the movie The Giver? And it's a story about this, you know, society where they've kind of like conformed everybody into this little box and everything like this. But they always had this thing that was called, it was called Elsewhere. And that they could be released in Elsewhere. And they thought that when they got released in Elsewhere, it's almost like being released off into heaven. And it's like, ah, yeah, just, uh, hey, I get to go to Elsewhere. And they just, but they didn't know that they're, they're, these people were actually dying and, you know, getting sent off. Uh, and so that's kind of 
you know, you, you, you're kind of expecting this thing. Um, you're, you're kind of expecting, um, it's kind of like this idea that you had about marriage or what marriage was going to look like before you got married. And then one day it's your turn, you know, to go and to cross a line and to move over into elsewhere. And, um, and, and you get over there and you think, what in the world just happened to me? This is not at all like what I assumed it was going to be. You have this idea of what it's going to be like, and then you get over there, and he's like, oh, my gosh. And something hits you in the face, and you're, you're there in that moment, and things just kind of aren't the way that maybe you thought that they were going to be. And so we think that our relationships when we think that our relationship is supposed to make us happy, then we can get into the middle of our relationship and begin to think to ourselves, why isn't my relationship making me happy? Why aren't we living happily ever after? And the whole, this whole culture that we live in right now is centered, the, the, the entire American culture that we live in right now is centered around one thing, and that's achieving happiness. That's it. Your, the entire American culture, okay, is about finding happiness. It's the, the great American dream. I want to be happy. I want to be married, have two and a half kids, you know, a dog, a white picket fence good job, and you want to live happily ever after, all the while being entertained. And you know what? It didn't used to be this way. This, this cultural philosophy that everything centers around how happy you are, it didn't used to be this way. As a matter of fact, um, in ancient times, uh, you have very little writing that is, ever addresses individual happiness. You have very little writing that ever addresses, even in the Bible, the Bible doesn't talk a whole lot about being happy individually. Now, it does talk about joy, but joy is different than happiness. Okay? It's different. Joy is something deep within you that you have. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's something that comes out of you that is independent of the circumstances that you have in your life. Very little writing in ancient times about individual happiness. This is the, this is, listen, this is how, um, you see, everything back then was, was more community and clan driven. Every decision that was made, the, the reason why people did the things that they did was because they did those things to improve their clan. Or they did those things to improve their family or something like this. And this is how arranged marriages worked. This is the reason why arranged marriages aren't really something that are considered to be worthwhile in America. Because we don't think like that anymore. Back then, the reason why arranged marriages were so popular was because these decisions that were being made... That, you know, they would, the, these girls would make decisions to marry a certain person or they would be willing to do this because they knew that it would improve their family's position in society. 
And so decisions were made based upon family. Decisions that were made were, made were based upon community or, or clan uh, made decisions. And, and most of the time, these decisions were never made based upon one's individual happiness. What changed all that? What is it that came along that changed all that? Well, Christianity came and changed all that. Why? Because what happens is, is Jesus showed up on the scene, and he began to say that the individual matters. Each individual matters. Every person matters, right? And so these girls that were born were no longer considered to be property, to be bartered and sold to improve family and stuff like this. They were considered to be important members of society, and they were important people, and their, their philosophy and their thoughts and their opinions, all of those things mattered. Well, Christianity came along, and Christianity is the reason why that cultural philosophy began to change, and it's the reason why we now live in a society where that's not a part of who we are. Why? Because our country was founded upon biblical principles. Christianity said that the individual important, individual was important, that we were made individually in the image of God. But the problem is now, even though our society was founded upon biblical principles, we live in a society now that has divorced God from the equation. God is no longer a part of the equation. And so when you have a society that's focused upon okay, individual rights and stuff like this, and you remove God from the equation who has given us this in, these individual rights and given us this responsibility to, to, to live life to the fullest and make a difference, and now God is no longer a part of the equation, then everything we begin to do becomes self-centered. And now every decision that we made is made individually based upon me, all right? And so now we begin to say, what makes me happy? What makes me happy? Because God is not a part of the equation anymore. Now we begin to think, what makes me happy? And so what happens is we can actually adopt these philosophies without even realizing it. Without even realizing we're adopting these philosophies. We can adopt these philosophies into our life as well. And into our marriage, even though we believe in God, even though we worship God, even though we love God, we adopt this philosophy of my relationships are supposed to make me happy. We make this assumption. So what happens is, is individual happiness went from being an important thing to being the main thing. It went from being important in that God says it is important. It went from being important to being the most important. The most important. And now we live in a culture where happiness is the highest and most important value that you can have in your life. That's what our culture believes. Happiness is the most important and valuable, okay, value that you can have in your life. We see this in all aspects of everything that we do. Well, my job doesn't make me happy, so I'm going to move to a different job. My, uh, or I'm going to quit. My marriage doesn't make me happy, so I'm going to quit. 
this does, my church doesn't make me happy, so I'm going to quit. And we go from here to here to here. And we make these decisions in our life based upon how happy we feel. Because we think that individual happiness is the most important, that my happiness. Do you know, and I, I actually had a little short video I was going to show this morning. I don't know, it was only about a minute and a half, so it was kind of, I just decided to scrap it. But um, in this video, it was a, a video of a lady who was going to shop for a new car. And this slick salesman came up to her and like, hey, don't you love this car? It's got all the bells and whistles, man. It's incredible. And she's like, yeah, but I don't think I can afford that car. He's like, that's okay. Listen, you can, we can make payments, because, and it's going to be all right because God wants you to be happy. And then an angel standing up to the side hits him with something and says, what are you talking about? God never said that. <clears throat> you never, look, nowhere in the Bible does it say that God wants you to be happy. And if somebody told you that God wants you to be happy, they weren't quoting the Bible. It's not in the Bible. Okay? I'll tell you what God wants you to be. He wants you to be obedient. And you know what? Sometimes obedience doesn't make you happy. It just doesn't. Right? Even in... Uh, even, even humanism says this. Humanism says, do whatever you feel like doing as long as it makes you happy. That's what humanism is. It said, do whatever you want. That, that morality, it can be bent and changed based upon what makes you happy. And as long as it doesn't hurt other people. The problem is, whenever you do the wrong thing, you hurt other people in the process. You don't even realize it. Okay. Do whatever you feel like doing, as long as it doesn't hurt other people, as long as it makes you happy. If it makes you happy, it's okay to do it. That's what, that's how, what's, what the humanistic morality thing says. As long as it makes you happy, go ahead and do it. And so your happiness is what matters to you. So then what happens is we come into our relationships with the same assumption that, that my relationships, I have relationships, and these relationships that God has given me, Okay, they are here to make me happy. But here's the problem. Look, I'm going to give you uh, five problems with this assumption that your relationship is supposed to make you happy. Number one, happiness is a moving target. I mean, you ever think about that before? Your happiness is a moving target. What makes you happy today may not make you happy tomorrow. Isn't it true? You ever, you ever gone out one day thinking, you know what? That's, you set that New Year's resolution. I'm going to start running. I'm going to get in shape. It's going to make me happy. And then you go out and you spend that $700 on that new treadmill with all the bells and whistles and that little screen right there that shows you like you're running in a forest, you know, so you can feel like you're running in a forest. You're like, yeah. You get on that thing like five times, and then like two weeks down the road, guess what? That treadmill's not making you happy no more. Is it? The day you bought it, you were happy. Two weeks later, you're not happy. All right? And a year later, you're mad because you got this big clunk of machine you spent $700 on, and nobody wants to buy it from you because they know better. Okay? Your happiness 
is a moving target. The dreams that you have in your 20s and 30s aren't going to be the same dreams that you're going to have in your 40s and 50s. It's going to be different. And your happiness will constantly move. And it, it, is, it, it is, listen, it is an impossible burden for you to place on your spouse for you to think that they're supposed to make you happy. It's an impossible burden because your, ha- your happiness is constantly changing. What makes you happy is constantly changing. And nobody can live up to that. Nobody can live up to it. The second thing about your happiness is the things, the things that make you happy are in conflict with itself. Do you know that? The things that make you happy are in conflict with itself. And this has a lot to do with your flesh. Okay? You want to be uh, you want to be on top of that career that you have. You want an incredible career, and you want to go out and you want to do this and you want to rise the corporate ladder, and at the same time. You want a great family life. And now you find that your career, which you think is supposed to make you happy, is conflicting with your ability to have a good family life, which is also supposed to make you happy. And now the things that you think are supposed to make you happy are in conflict with one another. You want to have a great marriage? And at the same time, you find yourself attracted to another person, and you think, well, if I was with that other person, I would be happy. But you also know that God says that you're not supposed to do that, all right? And now, all of a sudden, your happiness is in conflict with itself. What do you think is going to make you happy? So how are you going to make those kind of decisions in your life if you make decisions based upon how happy you are. Do you know that, uh, here's a, a third thing about happiness. Do you know that happiness gets in your way? Happiness is, it gets in your way. Um, or I'm sorry, ha- listen, I'm sorry, I, wrote, I, I read that wrong. Happiness is, th- here's one of the things that we, Did you know that happiness is about getting your own way? Happiness is about getting your own way. Um, There's an article that was written in the Journal of Positive Psychology. And this is what some dudes that are probably a little bit smarter than me, this is what they said, all right, even though I may not necessarily agree with it. This is what they said right here. It says, most importantly, from a social perspective, the pursuit of happiness is associated with selfish behavior. Being, as mentioned, a taker rather than giving, okay, a, a giver. The psychologists give an, an evo, uh, evolutionary explanation for this, that happiness is about drive reduction. If you have a need or a desire, like hunger, you satisfy it, and that makes you happy. People become happy, in other words, when they get what they want, all right? I think this is true. Okay? This is what happiness is about. Happiness is about selfishness. It's about, it, look, that's what he's talking about. Happiness is about drive reduction. That if you want something, you go out and get it. And when you go out and get it, that's what makes you happy. happy. And so it's about you getting, not about you 
giving, all right? Happiness, if you make decisions in your life and in your relationships based upon how this relationship should make you happy, then that philosophy and that assumption that you're making in your life is a selfish assumption because it's all about what I am getting in this relationship, not what I am giving. Here's another problem with happiness. Happiness is not a destination. Do you know happiness is not a destination? You ever heard of a guy named Viktor Frankl? You ever heard of this guy? Surely some of you have. All right. He said this. He said, it is the very pursuit of happiness that thwarts happiness. It is the very pursuit of happiness that thwarts happiness. Viktor Frankl was, was a Jewish psychologist wrote a book, actually, I think the book is entitled Happiness. It's a really big book. It's supposed to be incredible. I haven't read all of it. I read bits and pieces here and there. Um, he was a guy who survived the Nazi concentration camps. Right? His pregnant wife was also in a concentration camp and did not survive. And both his parents were also in a concentration camp, and neither one of them survived. And yet he made this observation while being in that position and in that place in his life. He said that it was those who looked for happiness that were the ones who did not survive the camp. But those who pursued meaning in their life were the ones that survived. It wasn't the people that looked for happiness that made it through. It was the people that looked for meaning. Meaning and purpose. Those are the ones that survived. Those were the ones that made it. Because the pursuit of happiness all by itself will cause happiness not to come to your life. And if we get into a relationship or we are in a relationship and we think that this relationship is supposed to make us happy, it's likely the relationship won't last. Because you're pursuing something that's impossible to get. And this fifth thing that I want to make mention about happiness is this, is that happiness is not love. Happiness is not love. Right? If you've ever loved someone, if you've ever loved someone, you will know that that means that there are times that you might have to do something that isn't going to make you happy. Right? If you've ever loved someone, you know that there are going to be times you're going to have to do something that's not going to make you happy. Because that's part of it. But you do those things, and the reason why you do those things is because of love. You sacrifice, you give up, you make those sacrifices all along the way, and the reason why you make those sacrifices is because of love. It's the same thing that we have with our children. We make sacrifices for them, not because those sacrifices make us happy, but because we love them. What do you think 
me spending all my money on my children and all of their endeavors makes me happy? Huh? A fishing boat might make me happy. But guess who don't have a fishing boat? That's right. Okay? That's all the rest of you too, right? That's right. Okay? Because we make sacrifices for our kids, right? I can't afford it because I got four kids, okay? And I make sacrifices for them. It's what I choose to do. You see, happiness is about what I get. Love is about what I give. Love is about what I give. What can I give away? In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, Rob, if you'll come. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, it says there, it says right here in verse 1, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. All right. Be imitators of God. Walk in love as Jesus loved you. And what does that look like? He said three things. He gave himself up, he became an offering, and he sacrificed. That's what love is. He gave himself up, he became an offering, and he sacrificed. Sometimes, listen, doing these three things generally aren't going to make you happy. Giving yourself up, becoming an offering, and sacrificing are not the first three things on the list of what brings personal happiness. But they are the first three, three things on the list that the Bible says brings love. They bring love. He goes on later on in verse 21. Right before, right before in verse 22, he goes into this, this, uh, this dialogue sometimes that we can, we, we can surround about marriage relationships and everything. You know the thing where it says, wives, submit yourself to the husbands because the husband is the head of the house, Christ is head of the church, it goes on in this kind of thing. We, we throw those out really quick. Before he ever even gets into those things, one of the things he says here in verse 20, 21, he says this, he says, be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. So before he ever even gets to talking about the specific relationship duties, as he goes on in verse 22, 23, 24, and, and so on, he talks about the family unit. He says that we're supposed to be subject to one another. Subject to one another. We are to submit to one another. If you read another translation, it would say, we are to submit to one another. You know that word submit? Just in case if you probably, maybe you have a bad idea of what that word means. But let me share with you what that word actually means. In the original language, in the, in the Greek language that used when it was originally, this is what they're, they're translating. They're using this word subject. They're using this word submit. Okay, and They're telling us to submit to one another in the fear of Christ. It says, listen, the word submit is a voluntary attitude of giving in, 
cooperating, assuming responsibility, or carrying a burden. Listen, the voluntary attitude. Voluntary is the key word right here, by the way. It's the voluntary attitude. The voluntary attitude of giving in. The voluntary attitude of cooperating. The voluntude, the volunteering, volunteering, voluntary attitude of assuming responsibility. The voluntary attitude of carrying a burden. Okay. Who in here would not want that in a spouse? Anybody? Anybody? You, you, who in here would not want that? Of course we all would want that, right? We, we want a spouse that, that cooperates, that assume respons- assumes responsibilities, that helps carry the burdens, that gives in from time to time, right? Well, why don't you go first? And when I say, why don't you go first, I'm not talking to the person sitting next to you. I'm talking to you. So I'm actually talking to both of you at the same time. So both of you are in a race to be the first one to do it. You're in a race right now to be the first. Why don't you be the first? Instead of waiting on your spouse to do it first, why don't you be the first? When's the last time that we can say that we've done those things? When's the last time that we can say that we assumed responsibility, that we've assumed it? When's the last time we could say that we gave in? Maybe when we wanted something and we really wanted it bad and it created this conflict and this difficulty and instead of continuing on with this conflict and difficulty, we just gave in. When's the last time we just cooperated? Just cooperate. When's the last time you've carried a burden? So, my challenge to you is this. To find one of these things and to focus on doing them. Find one of these things and focus on doing them. This voluntary attitude of giving in, cooperating, assuming responsibility of carrying a burden. You see, it's very important if you want healthy relationships that you pursue love, not happiness. You pursue love, not happiness. There's gonna be days, there's gonna be days that that relationship's gonna make you happy. And there's gonna be days where it's not. And that doesn't mean that you weren't meant for each other. It doesn't mean that it's in the tanks. It doesn't mean any of those things. Listen, there might even be season. There might even be days. There might be seasons. There might be seasons of your life where that relationship makes you happy. And then there might be seasons where it doesn't. It's okay. It's not about your happiness. It's not about your happiness. God doesn't want you to be happy. He wants you to be obedient. 
right? He wants you to walk in the way of love the same way Jesus did. The same way Jesus did, which was being an offering, making a sacrifice, becoming a sacrifice, all right? And he, given, and, you, he, and he gave himself up. He gave his own ways, his own agendas, his own desires. And he gave them up for you because he loved you. Let me tell you something. Going to the cross did not make Jesus happy. Going to the cross did not make Jesus happy. There was a lot about that didn't make Jesus happy. But you know why he did it? You know why he did it? He did it because of love. Because of love. And if you want love, then that means you've got to do what love does. And sometimes love doesn't make you happy. Despite what Disney tells you, sometimes love doesn't make you happy. Mm -hmm. All right? Will you stand to your feet today?